Citizens Trust Bank, in service to the community since 1921. Here at Citizens Trust Bank, we've built ourselves on your trust. Trust that comes from stability, solidarity, and being a good community partner. We're proud to serve the Magic City by helping you turn your financial goals into reality. Whether it's saving for your child's education, to buying that dream home or vehicle, to starting or building your business, CTB has been there and will continue to be here to be a trusted advisor for all of life's milestones. We welcome the opportunity to earn your business and to serve you in the best capacity possible. Visit us online at ctbconnect.com or visit us at our location at 1700 Third Avenue North. We are Citizens Trust Bank, the bank that has been here, is currently here, and will continue to be here to serve the community. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, (laughs) man, so here's a joke. I just Googled it, you know, and I'm stupid, so you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Look, I'm going to reveal how stupid I am. So the joke is, um, you know, one of our, you know, this Asian couple had a a store in the black neighborhood. Okay. And um, she was pregnant, and the baby came out black, and the daddy (laughs) named him Some Team Wong. Something is definitely wrong. Something wrong. From his teenage years as a summer counselor to his current role as the director of community engagement at Woodlawn United and Birmingham Board of Education member, Jason Meadows has served as an advocate for our youth and a catalyst for community improvement. Specifically, as the director of community engagement, he leads efforts to increase home ownership, economic mobility, and public safety. He formerly served as the manager of community partners and as assistant to the principal at Oliver Elementary School. There he organized partnerships to support the school and provide wraparound services. That's a word that I hear a lot these days. I want you to expound on that in a little bit, right? Jason was the Attendance Administrator of the Attendance Professional Learning Committee, Attendance PLC, across collaboration with Tarrant, Midfield, and Birmingham City Schools, and the District Attorney's Office to combat truancy. He also served as the Helping Families Initiative Task Force to help families address issues that affected their children's ability to learn. He has been a mentor to young men with Achievers in Life and the MAN Project. He has coached AAU basketball and spoken at schools across the state of Alabama. He currently serves as the president of Men's Ministry for Kojic, Alabama, Jurisdiction One. That's the Church of God in Christ. Jason Meadows is a devoted husband, father of four, graduate of the University of Alabama, and proud son of Birmingham. 
He has lived in the Smithfield Estates community for over 25 years, and his core purposes are youth empowerment, to support community efforts, and to ensure the work is done with not is done with and not to the people. I like the way you said that. Man, you got to tell me your joke again. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Look, the, the joke is going to reveal how ignorant I am. <laughs> My representative is intelligent. <laughs> there's, another, there's another portion of me. Man, mean. I'm telling you, you are... All right, you know, like I met Jason as, you know, new Birmingham's um, um, school board member. You know, I read and heard about his resume. Then I watch him on social media, man, and he always keeps me tickled. And that takes a lot. Brother, <laughs> man, so I'm going to hit you with the joke. So the joke, again, it is, it is, it's black. So if you're in the black community, you already know. So there's an <laughs> Asian couple owns a convenience store in the community. Not too far-fetched, all right? Right. John Q. Birmingham or anywhere in the country. L.A., you know. Yeah. Asian couple owns a convenience store in the black community. She gets pregnant. Everybody's happy. At the hospital, baby comes out, and the baby's black. Daddy names the baby something Wong. <laughs> <laughs> Now I got me one. <laughs> Hit me. Why do secret agents mm -hmm. get the best sleep? Mm. That's a good question. Because they're always undercover. <laughs> ah. <laughs> now, <laughs> now let me ask you this. First of all, um, what wasn't in your biography? Right. Like uh, in growing up, um, what was that like? What part of town? What church did you go to? Did you were you one of those church kids in the CO uh, church, the Kojic church that was always there? You know, what what was it like growing up? You you know what I mean? Man, great question. So, yeah, I was always at church. <laughs> I just woke up one day on a pew, you know, <laughs> don't know how I got there. Um, always in church. The cool part about the way I was born or, or my upbringing is I always tell people I got, like, immersed in all things. So in the church, our church is in Smithfield, which is like, you know, blocks from here. And um mm -hmm. You know, so grew up in Smithfield. I got friends who, you know, grew up in Smithfield, Illiton Project. So I was just, I grew up in Smithfield, grew up in Smithfield Estates, you know, but at the same time, you know, went to private school, you know. Okay. And so I got immersed in like, you know, all cultures. Right. Know? So I would go in, I was in classrooms where I was the only black person, you know. Where'd what I'm you saying? go to school? I went to, so I went to Advent. I knew you were going to say Advent, right yeah. Right around the corner from here. Right. You know, went to John Carroll, then went to UA. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So, like, grew up in, literally grew up in Smithfield, running the streets mm -hmm. of Smithfield, from Illiton Projects, Smithfield Projects, playing at the uh, rec center, you know, mm -hmm. in Smithfield. So I grew up there, grew up in Pratt, grew up in West End where my grandmother stayed. But then go into these spaces where I'm the only black person in the room. Yeah. And I will say, man, there were times where... You know, you know, I got you get 
you get picked on in each one because you like you stand out here, you stand out there. That's you know right. what I'm saying? That's like, right. No matter where I went, I stood out. And so all of that, you know, that experience helped birth something in me. It's like, man, you know, I endure, you know, my cousin's like, why you why do you speak that way? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. why do you talk so proper? You That's know? right. You know, you, you trying to talk like them white folk. Exactly. Yeah. Why you talk yeah. white? You know, and like you grew up, you around us, but you know, I go to a different school and I go there, I'm the only black person. Yeah. So I don't fit in there. But I've learned now, I tell people, I can go in a room, be the only black person in the room. And I'm like, man, I'm just as equipped. I'm just as smart. Mm. I'm I'm more I'm smarter than anybody. Like I I never feel out of place. Right. You know, like no matter where I am, I know my worth. I know I belong. So I think this question will be good for you in in rounding out who you are, right? Um, I like to ask people, what makes you so Birmingham? And so as you look at your upbringing and, you know, um, what God has revealed to you and, you know, uh, where you, what direction you see, how does that impact Birmingham? What makes you so Birmingham? What? Why are you so in love with Birmingham? Oh, man, that's a great question. <clears throat> um, you know, what makes me Birmingham is, first of all, you know, it's the only city I've ever lived in. You know, I went to school in Tuscaloosa. Well, I lived in Tuscaloosa. I went to UA. But that, you know, I was still a resident of Birmingham. Right. Um, you know, my parents, like my uncles, were in the Children's March. You know, so when I was watching the Shuttlesworth doc, I'm trying to find my uncle, you know, yeah. like looking for that, for him in the back, looking for my aunt. Um, you know, my mom, my both of my parents went to Parker, you okay. know, my, um, you know, my dad talks about jumping the fence at Parker to go downtown, you know, um, grew up in, like I said, Smithfield, Smithfield Estates, my grandmother in Powderly, you know. Pratt City, my godmother was in East Thomas. Um, like these are all of the areas. West End, my auntie. You know, I lived in. I lived in all of those areas. Yeah. You know, and so, um, it's. I'm so Birmingham because Birmingham made me, and you know, just I grew up. My my number one role model, even before I knew that my father was my role model was Martin Luther King mm. because you're from Birmingham. Mm -hmm. Letters from Birmingham jail. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and so I always wanted to, like, he was who I wanted to be, you know, and I just just di digesting him. And my godmother was a former Black Panther, and so she raised me, like, on literature and just, you oh, know, wow. about, you know, Black empowerment. She she told me about Black Wall Street before it became popular to know those things. Yeah, you know? yeah. She 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 just raised me. Uh, shout out to Miss Verlina Skinner. You know. Um, so you know, and then and the last thing I'll say is I'm Birmingham because you know not to even get sad, but like you know, I done lost people in Birmingham. You know, mm, like my next that's the perspective. My, Nobody's ever said. My next door neighbor, you know, shout out to, you know, Capenda Harris got killed in Birmingham. You know, my godmother's, my like my big brother, um, you know, Peanut, you know, um, he got killed in Birmingham. You know, like so many people, you know, from Pratt, my boy Pimp Wayne, you know, like 
got killed in Birmingham. So, you know, like, I've seen, you know, my boy Milton Skanes, he made it. He's one guy survived, shot five times in Smithfield, in the alley, you know, and he <clears> overcame when the doctor said he would never, you know, walk again and all those things. So, you know, like, I've seen every level of Birmingham. The and good I, and the bad. The good and the bad, man. Like, you know, I was the one at home when they came. My neighbors were on vacation in Hawaii, and the sheriffs came and asked, do you know, you know, you know, Michonne Harris? I didn't know him by Michonne. I knew him as Capenda and found out that he was dead, you know, at 14 years old. Like, mm. his parents, nobody was at his house. So, you know, this city has made me, and so, you know, I'm committed to also trying to be a part of, like, what heals Birmingham, you know, because mm. I'm seeing all of it, the good, you know, and the not so good. Um, if you had to give your younger self a piece of advice, a word of advice, right, what would it be? You know, I would tell the younger version of me um, – to believe in yourself sooner, that your wildest dream is achievable. Um, I would tell myself to, you know, um, party a little less. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's keep it 100. 100. <laughs> My time at UA, kick it a little less. You know, uh, immerse yourself in the network around you because there's resources available to you at every stop. And um, don't sell yourself short on what you can accomplish. That's And I would tell myself that to, um, you know, like I wish I would have went to grad school earlier. You know, I wish I would have, you know, believed that, you know, President Obama, shout out to, you know, the OG, you know, Barack himself. Like, we heard stuff like you can be a, the first black president. Mm -hmm. But we really, I mean, I really didn't believe that. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, Because right. I, I, from Birmingham, you still see so much oppression around you. So, but now that I've seen, you know, President Obama and others who have just, you know, you know, risen to that level like it's achievable mm -hmm. if you put together a strategy do your work understand you know be a good person and, and continue to work like it's achievable and so I would tell my younger self to believe in myself sooner and um you know and equip yourself with what you need you know um to to accomplish your goals you're in a unique position given your your duties yes at your job mm -hmm. and your duties at your second job that being the school board mm -hmm. and it's interesting that the things that you're talking about right now are exactly the things that I would assume you are trying to impart on our younger generations yes. now um how and and understand the question mm -hmm. you got a Titusville boy mm -hmm. 
who went to the gifted programs. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't go to the neighborhood schools. I went to all the gifted schools. Mm -hmm. And I feel that having friends in the hood and having friends over the mountain, Mm -hmm. having black friends and white friends and whatnot, it prepared me a certain way. How how did your go back into you said it a little bit, but mm-hmm. go back into having both of those worlds at the time you were coming up here in Birmingham mm-hmm. and is that what inspires you? Is that is that what got you where you are? Did you grow up there, you know? So yeah, that that ecosystem at the time I actually resented it as i said earlier yeah i wanted to go to the hood school i did too man yeah i actually cried me and my mom had a fight i cried because i wanted to go to to the old to jo you know what i'm saying all my boys went to the old my cousin went to the old you know like that's why i wanted to go and you know hindsight you know at that point in my life i was a follower you know and so you know um you know, I looked up to my, my cousin like my big brother, you know, and so I looked up to him, you know, ain't no telling where I would have turned out. So mm-hmm. my mom knew me better than I knew myself. She put me where Likewise. I needed to be, yeah. you know, so that I can be who I am today. Yeah. So, but that, what I will tell you is, yes, that that ecosystem is definitely part of the foundation upon which I stand. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I talked about going into rooms and feeling like I belong and never yeah. never feeling less than, no matter where I am, you know. But what I didn't speak on was the fact of understanding how different mindsets mm-hmm. like there's a there's a mindset that those communities have mm-hmm. that we don't we're not privy to, we're not exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, not to get spiritual on us, but, you know, it's almost like uh, if you know the story of Moses, you know, Moses was a was a was a uh, Israelite right. by birth. But because of the decree, his mother put him in the river in the river and he was born and he was raised in Egypt. Right. As a part of Pharaoh's family. Mm-hmm. So he understood both cultures. Mm-hmm. And. You know, and I'm a, like, I understand. So, yes, that ecosystem has exposed me to some of the, the thought processes and the rhythms of the, of different communities and how what I will what I will say is this, is that, you know, we have to the answers are collaborative. Mm-hmm. And so anybody that has a very narrow scope of what the solutions are, they're going to have a very narrow impact. Mm. And, you know, I was at a conference here recently and um, Bishop Desmond Tutu's daughter was, I think her name is Naomi, Naomi um, Tutu. Um, She was the presenter and she said, in times of flood, this was an African proverb. Mm. She said, in times of flood, fools build walls and wise men build bridges. Mm. And it was kind of weird, and she explained it, and she said, when floods come, the bridge is not necessarily the bridge like we think of, 
but the bridge is reaching outside of our community to reach out to other people because if there's a flood, that means that there's trauma, there's a um, there's a catastrophe, and fools build walls, meaning that I'm just gonna keep my little group of right. people in this wall. But the true answer is going to be reaching outside of your comfort zone. And so I would say that ecosystem gave me a mentality that the answers are bigger than just for one. Is it not going to just come from one group of people that we're going to have to work together? If we really small impact, small circle, big impact, large circle. So that. I have friends from all of those communities who, you know, who value me and I value them, even though we, like, you know, unity is not sameness, you know? Mm. And I think, like, we have to embrace differences mm -hmm. because when you really say you want to have diversity and equity and inclusion, that doesn't mean just having, oh, you know... Like, I got somebody here in this seat and that seat, you know, but it's saying, like, I got, you know, it's not just saying I got black, white, all, but it's like all of those voices. Yeah. So when you actually execute a plan, the plan looks like everybody in the room speaks from their perspective. So now your answer is is a lot more, there's more depth to it versus I can tell when it was just, oh, just a narrow group of people because this work doesn't speak. There's like, I can tell you only talk to your friends because Everybody has the same viewpoint. Yeah. But when I have a diverse background, now I have something that's sustainable and something that's um, that's transformational. So yeah. all of that goes back to that background of coming from all of the communities and um, you know really helping to shape me and to give me a, a a better view of what an answer looks like, a true answer, because it's going to come from from everybody. Tell me your love story. How'd you meet your your wife? Hmm. That's what's up. <laughs> How'd you propose? Who was the, who was the one that fell in love first? Tell us tell us the story. That's a good question, man. So my love story is um, it's a church story, and so my um, my brother in law and sister in law. Mm -hmm. I didn't know my wife. I uh, didn't know Alicia, but I knew her brother. And I knew her, you know, sister-in-law. And then I knew her other brother-in-law. So her brother and his wife lived in Birmingham. Okay. She's from the country. Okay. You know, L.A. Shout out to L.A. Lower Alabama. Lower Alabama. Lower Alabama. <laughs> so she's from an area called Elba. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so. Her, they used to have good football teams way back. They did. Yeah. They did. I think they had one. I think they went to the champ they went to the championship. They lost. Maybe they won one maybe within the past ten years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um but they were members of the church. Mm -hmm. And when I you know, like I was like my dad's a preacher, bishop, shout out to my dad, Bishop Meadows, you know, my my role model. So I, I grew up a PK. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But one of the things I love about my dad, my dad never forced us to be like perfect. Right. Like right. He, he was not like, oh, you're going to be in the church. You're going right. to be a preacher. Like right. none of that. Yeah. You know, it was like, y'all are going to be, my mom wanted to make us be perfect. Mm -hmm. My dad was like, let them be kids. Yeah. And so I chose the church okay. versus being, if the church was forced on me, you know? So my story is like, I was, I was a hellion, you know what I'm saying? Like okay. I, 
my brother's nine years older than me, and so I was raised up around OGs and guys who were doing stuff that I wasn't supposed <laughs> to know about. Right. So I was being exposed to the fast lane. So long story short, when I got when I finally came to Christ, you know, and really changed my ways, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I was out there. My wife's brother and my wife's brother and his wife's house. I would go to their house every Sunday after church. So they had the cool young couple house where you go over there, play games, play gotcha. cards, watch movies. But it was still yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was it was controlled environment. Right, 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 right. But it wasn't like you sitting around the mothers of the church. You exactly, know what I'm exactly. Singing Amazing Grace. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, yeah. so I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like this is. It's a different environment, but it's still young. It's still relatable. And so hanging out at their house like every Sunday, and I saw a picture of her, and I was like, she was coming up. She was moving up. And I was like, well, her brother's a good person. I mean, she comes from a good household, and she comes from good people. And I was like, if she's anything like her brother, then, you know, I can can build with with somebody like that who's Mm -hmm. coming from a good place. And so... You know, met her through, like, so he didn't, her brother didn't introduce me, but um, her brother-in-law, her her sister-in-law's brother gotcha. introduced me. And uh, we met and um, met through church. And, um, you know, man, it was like she was a hard worker. Okay. We were dating, and I would try to tell her not to go to work. She'd be, like, sick. I'm like, why don't you just stay at home? Like, don't go to work. And she was like, nah, you know. Well, she she be like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stay at home. And I called her later that night. She said, I went to work. Yeah. And I was like, okay, somebody who want to work like that. Yeah. I can. We can build something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got a mindset. And then the last thing was, which is one of my pet peeves, man, is like, she wasn't messy. You know. Okay. Like, wasn't on the phone talking to folks' business. Like, mm-hmm. she's just. That's probably, I need to tell her that. That's probably one of the things we have the most in common. Like, neither one of us are messy people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't, we're not talking about people behind their back. We don't run people down. And so, like, she wasn't on the phone, like, running, like, always into something, keeping something going on. And, like, I admired that, you know, from somebody who my dad was, you know, bishop in our church. And, like, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a fish tank, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, like... We discretion is important, you know, mm. like, and then not, and also just not like meddling in other people. Like, successful people don't do that. They don't move That's like true. that. My dad doesn't move like that. I've never seen him like he. Like, successful people aren't Being talking messy. They don't. Nah, they got <laughs> yeah. too much to do. Right. They're building. Right. So I saw her, and she was a hard worker. She wasn't messy. You know, of course, she's beautiful. You know, what I'm saying all of that that goes without saying, and. That's that. So, I so was how'd like, you propose? What was the what was it the was lame, bro? It was lame. Super lame, man. I wasn't as you know. I was I was lame. I, I it wasn't my best. wasn't my best work. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my best work. Man, how long have y'all been married now? Man, in June okay. I would have been married seventeen years. Wow, you don't even look old enough to be married I, seventeen years, bro. Seventeen years, man. We got married young. Church kids, man. You know, got married too young. To be honest with you, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't advise it, you know, to anybody else coming up. But seventeen years, four kids, and um, yeah, man, seven. Like we were, tw- I was twenty five and she was twenty three. Awesome. So, yeah, how can people? Keep up with you, social media, you know, where where you hang out. 
Definitely. So you can find me on um, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I promise to be a good follow. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Jason Meadows, board member, board of education. I mean, I think board member district nine. I have a couple of pages, um, but you can find me on there and uh, on Instagram. I think it's Meadows X four. So it's Meadows times four. I don't know if I changed it to Meadows times six. I created it when it was just two kids, but now you know. Two gotcha. more. So gotcha. I think Meadows X4 on Instagram and Jason Meadows on, on Facebook. Hello, I'm Dr. Geraldine Agee, Miles College Provost and Senior Vice President of Academic Affairs. And I'm here to tell you that now is your time. Miles College is Birmingham's premier four-year HBCU. We offer intimate class sizes, accessible faculty, and a personalized career plan with you in mind. Whether it's your first time in college or you wanna return and finish, please come experience Miles College and let us invest in your future. What's your favorite charity right now? Mm, My favorite charity right now. Wow, man, that's a good question. I would probably say there's a f- couple of organizations. I'm trying not to cause no enemies, man. <laughs> um, well, we gonna use Richards, okay? Today, <laughs> so let's talk about Richard then. We yeah. talk about the Man Project. Yeah, you know, um, good brother doing great work. You know, um, like if you saw, I made a post here recently about. Uh, equipping young black men with the ability to process, control, um, process, manage, and control emotions. And so the Man Project, shout out to Richard Kate, um, you know, investing back into, you know, young black men. Yeah. And so there are several of them, you know, organizations. I mean, there's one I work with, I named Achievers in Life, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to uh, one of my mentors, Jeff McLeod. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he does great work. He's in schools, you know. And so I would say those two, you know, yeah. Richard Cade and the Man Project and Jeff McLeod and Achievers in Life, those two projects, uh, those two uh, organizations, pulling back in the young black man. Well, you know? I, um, when you said the Man Project earlier, yes, um, I just committed earlier today to doing some mentoring it i think i3 or something that's what's up yeah um beautiful but i just um i love to hear about where people are spending their time and talent yes and so we want to lift those up and i would love to meet your your um mentor jeff yes uh love to meet him and learn, learn what he's doing um so if you don't answer one of these questions, you got to make a donation to to one of the charities. But they they're easy. They're easy. Got you. Um, let's start with the this or that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. What? No, we're gonna move to this favorite color. Wow, man, my favorite color is. Probably blue. Blue? Yeah. You know, different variations of blue. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite NBA team? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm 80s born, but I'm a 90s boy. So, 
you know, MJ, fadeaway perfect. <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Always. All man. right. Chicago Bulls, baby. Your favorite NBA team. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, your favorite NFL team. I'm sorry. That's okay, man. You know, how about them Cowboys, man? How about them Cowboys? I forgot. What am I talking about? On Sundays, oh, we cut up together with Walt and everybody else. Yeah, them Cowboys, baby. Them Cowboys, man. iPhone or Android? Come on, man. You know. (laughs) No disrespect. Hold on, let me take that back. Disrespect, man. All the disrespect. All disrespect. (laughs) iPhone, man. Come on, man. You know, Apple all day, you know. Shout out to Tim Cook. All right. Um, Regents Park or Rickwood Field? Man. Uh, Rickwood all day long. Okay. My aunt, Mary Battles, her backyard is Rickwood Field. Okay. Literally. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad Park. You know, it's changed the city of Birmingham, man. Really? I love it. Yeah. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? That's a good one there. Um, You know, I would say probably protective, you know, because I'm a, you know, outdoors guy, you know, football, you know, so I think it's going to do some great things. We don't even really know yet how big protective is going to be. I agree with that. Excited. Crossplex or Legion Field? So, you know, as a child of Smithfield, <laughs> you know. There's only one decision. There's only one decision. The Magic City Classic. Do I need to say anything else? <laughs> well, speaking of which, Alabama State or Alabama A&M, sir? Wow. Mm. As a UA grad, you know, between the two, I would definitely say, man, I'm trying to upset people. <laughs> I got people in both. I'm going to go with A&M, though, because shout out to my girl, Jennifer Murray. Like, a sister, been knowing her since we were kids. So, you know, I got much love for Jay. I so, love Jan. Yeah, Jan's 100. Beautiful people. Um, Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? McWayne Science Center. All right. Yeah, man. The, the animals be sleep at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Mm, Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Um, I would probably say I love both of those though. Let's let's say Vulcan. All right. I love the views. Barons or Squadron? Squadron. Legion or Stallions? Stallions. Michael Jackson or Prince? Wow. (laughs) Wow, man. I try to get those donations, man. (laughs) I make them hard. You do, man. I love both both of those brothers, man. But I would definitely go with, uh, wow. Mm. Uh, MJ, man, King of Pop. Absolutely. Um, Big Ear Tupac. It was all a dream. Yeah. I used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> Saw the pepper. Now, who the goat and why? Ooh, the goat? Yeah, the goat. Who the goat? The goat MC? Yeah. Man. I mean, to be honest with you, it's so level. So I'm I'm a, I'm a hip-hop 
head. Okay. So, you know, I almost like to the point you got to have different categories. But since we're going, we we don't have the time for that tonight. You uh-huh. know, the goat. I, I got to give it to Jay. You know, uh-huh. I'm a Biggie guy. You know, but Biggie's career because of you know you know untimely death was yeah. shut, cut short. You know, but Jay has just been for for the longevity of it all, man. You know, yeah. and you put Jay's, you know, um, you know, you put Jay's, you know, features and all of that, you know. But my favorite group, my favorite personal goat is Outkast. You know, really, so, kid of the South, man, Andre three thousand. That's funny because yeah. Andre is my favorite artist. Yes, you know what I'm saying, like. We we talk about all of them all the time and who the goat and this that and the other and you know Sebastian Cole came over here and just really knocked a home run of an argument out the park for uh, Lil Wayne I ain't gonna lie like it's just you know song for song bruh. like that kid is amazing. Go ahead. I just want to echo what Sebastian said. Go back and listen to that beginning of season one. Everyone. Yeah. Okay. What, what 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 Sebastian said that shut me up because remember I got real passionate. Yeah. Is that if you listen to the radio now or the popular music, all of these people are Wayne's babies. <laughs> That's what he said. They all Wayne's kids. They all Wayne's kids. They all sound like Wayne. The sounds you hear now on the radio all came from Wayne, and I can't deny that. And then we were also talking about the versus format. Yeah. Song for song. I mean, like, Wayne got a million songs. He does. A million songs. Number one song. So, you know. He does. And I, look, I was. But I'm still rolling with Dega 3000. Really? And, like, Jay Z is my goat, too. He was, yeah, yeah it was yeah. like, man. But here again, he has great albums. Yeah, not as many number one hits. Yeah, see, so, I, I haven't thought of it on that level. You know. Yeah, I, mean, I hadn't either before we were, we were chopping it up here. And I give him credit for this because when you like, I was even gonna say to somebody else, you know, Drake, like, no. And I give him what, <laughs> no, I, look, look, no. I'm not a Drake fan like that. But when I, I was mean, gonna, I'm all right with him, but, but go. But no, nah. no, but I was going to bring him up because, you know, if that's Wayne's contribution, like, True. that's Wayne, Drake come from Wayne, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So when you talk about, like, modern hip hop, you got to acknowledge the fact that Drake comes from Wayne, you know? And so I, I just don't know if we'll have anybody, I think in the end, Drake will be the king of pop rap, like, you know, just yeah. making hits. Yeah, he can make a hook. I don't know if there's ever been anybody in the history of hip hop that can make a hook like yeah. Drake. Yeah. Like just saying nothing, you know. Right, right. Twenty one, you know, <laughs> just like he ain't saying nothing. Like just you know, but it's like you be like, okay, you know, what I'm saying, <laughs> do something fun, man. You know, like just yeah. can make hits. Yeah. You know, so like, and I that was like me and my boys' argument in the day, back in the day was difference between Nas and Jay was, and Jay called it, I think Jay said it in like some interview, is that Nas was a better lyricist, but Jay could just make hits mm. because Nas couldn't come up with hooks, mm. you know? And that's what differentiated them was like, he didn't have the hooks. He had the bars, but no yeah, hooks. And if you don't have a hook, you don't have a hit, you that's know? That's a really good, 
That's a good add in to the convo. Damn, which one of them said you a hot 16? I'm a very great song. Was it Jada said? One of them two said that to the Mm. other one. Yeah. And I don't remember who said it to who. It makes sense based off what you said that Jay said that to Nas. I'm Mm. sure he did. That sounded like something. Yes, because it. I mean, their careers bear that out. I'm a, I know I got one question to ask you, but I got to ask you this one first. Yes, sir. Given the fact that you are such a hip-hop head, mm-hmm. I love music. We all love music, but mm-hmm. we, we, we enjoy our music as entertainment. Then we turn it off and we go to the real world. Mm-hmm. What? From the perspective of a sitting board member, mm-hmm. not as a preacher's kid, mm-hmm. not as a, you know, uh, working at the church, but just as a school board member, hat on only, mm-hmm. what do you have to say about how music impacts our children and what we're seeing out here right now? It's unfortunate. You know, um, do you think there's an impact? Definitely, there's a correlation. I actually mm-hmm. wrote one of my um, shout out to Lawson State. You know, uh, one summer I came home and I went to school at Lawson State for a summer, and um, I wrote a speech on the impact of hip hop on the black community and mm-hmm. the culture. And um, there's a direct correlation because I think, you know. Um, so yes, you know, there's a correlation. I'll use a word that is biblical where we hear it the most, and the word is magnify. You know, but mm. it's also like magnifying glass. You know, magnify. I think, and magnify simply means to take to make something big, mm-hmm. something that's small, make it big. And the lyrics magnify certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think the culture and the music, black culture, has always for the globe said what was cool mm-hmm. and what was what was not you know and that's how ha, always has been all the way back to all the way back to like muddy waters and like our culture has been stolen and you know resold to us and so i think when you look at our kids today you know um i mean like there's songs that i've never even listened to the whole song like i, I know there's a song that says like murder on my mind like i've never listened to that you know what i'm saying i can't my soul there's some things let me say this mm-hmm. some things that my soul can't endure like mm-hmm. just be honest like there's a part of me that can't listen to certain things because i feel the weight and the heaviness and you know the darkness of it and so i'm like but and I'm a grown man. I can listen to it. And I'm not going to go out and shoot somebody after yeah. I listen to that. I can do that. Right. But when you have a, a generation of impressionable kids who really don't have as many role models or examples of what's right, and so when we talk about a culture where, you know, you know, one of my other passions is about you know uh, rebuilding our communities, and you know when you when when you don't have as many good as good examples, so mm. like all you see are. You know, maybe you you know a few dope boys, you know, and you you're in you know fourth grade, third grade, and all you know are the dope boys, and you know, and so now you listen to the music, the music is magnifying and perpetuating this dope boy culture. You see the dope boys on the street, you know, they got the they they got the Chargers, they got the you know what I'm saying, fresh new Jordans, always everything Jays, the that whole the kids, fit. yeah, I want that fit. They got the fits, they got the cars, they have you know all of the things that I look up to, and I hear the music, and they look like the people that I listen to, 
And so now... And they doing the stuff that I listen to. That they're talking about. Yeah. Exactly right. Pocket full of money, gun on the hip, all of those things, you know, and they're t- like you see them do those things. And so I think that culture... And so when I wrote that paper, I went back to, you know, from, you know, again, born in the 80s, child of the 90s. I talked about the impact of NWA and when they brought L.A. to the world, you know, mm-hmm. and how there was even like the increase of like gangs that weren't even like as prominent in other areas of the country that mm-hmm. really started to travel through the through this culture that was, you know, in the music. And so, yes, when I see it as a board member, um, it, 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 it really, you know, hurts my heart to see just how much there's a lot of things about black culture. But I think the things that we, that our kids really um, are, you know, attached to or, 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 you know, have this, they cling to are the negatives. Mm-hmm. And, and, and rap, you know, unfortunately, and, and we can get into the, like, I, like, those things are promoted intentionally because the industry chooses who they promote. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of artists who don't get promoted, whose music... Who are who have who are just as good and just as talented, but their message is different. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, so I think that there's a number being done on our kids nationwide by the inf- the music that they're being that's being promoted because other stuff is not you know they don't get it doesn't get the rotation. Like I've worked in radio, like all of that's intentional. Like what mm-hmm. gets what gets promoted because there's other guys with bars who 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 don't get promoted. So yeah, I, there's a de- definite connection. And I wish I could speak on that more, you know, to our kids, you know. When 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 you got here, as I do everybody, um, and I say, is there anything you, you don't want to talk about and is there anything you do want to talk about? And you were, uh, it, it was very clear you had one thing you wanted to talk about. Please share. Yeah, my brother. I mean, and um, I think you you also invited it. You know, shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to to Iva. Like, you Thank are you. you are a very um, you're a diverse dude. You know, and I can see that just in like reading and what you post and following the things that you do. Mm-hmm. People don't know how broad your perspective is. <laughs> Would you right. agree? They they don't know. No, they they don't. They I don't, don't. have a, but I, I can see that. Right, and I respect that because, again, doing the same thing yields the same results. And I, you know, you, so what I wanted to talk about was collaborative energy, man. Like yep. the answer looks like all of us. Everybody's voice matters. We we have to work together. Silos, and I, I'll tell you this, and this is you know, um, so I, I just want us all like we're all a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. We, you know, as a political figure, somebody who's elected by the constituents, you know, um, all of us, even on my board, like, you know, we, I served as the president the first year and I, I was always focusing on like, we do this together. Like we, we are the answer to our ki- for our kids. And so, you know, I just, um, I, I want us to continue to, to work together, um, you know, not even being, you know, fixated on, you know, who necessarily gets credit, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it doesn't matter because at the end, you know, the offensive linemen get the same ring mm. that the wide receiver gets. Mm-hmm. And 
the wide receiver gets the same ring that the equipment manager gets. Mm-hmm. You and know? the trainer. And the trainer. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That trainer gets gets paid very well to be the trainer. Yeah. You know, as a as a Bama fan, we miss Scott Cochran. You know? Don't we though? We miss Scott <laughs> Cochran. What you over here talking about? No. Yes, we do. We, we miss, miss Scott. So like everybody plays a role. Yeah. And so when we win, who would have ever thought? That as a Bama fan, we'd be talking about missing the strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. And so I feel like we have to appreciate everybody brings something to the table. Um, and, you know, we have to we have to work collectively and hear everybody's heart and really process it if we're going to have the transformative impact that's going to be sustainable and lasting forever. And and bring bring in the, like you had mentioned, uh, or it was in your um, bio or whatever, the wraparound services. Yes. And so when we're talking about um, having diversity mm-hmm. at the table, mm-hmm. we're not just talking about a diversity of people mm-hmm. at the table. We're talking about a diversity of services where we may not envision our school in the laundry business, but these kids need their uniforms and clothes clean. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Talk about how I'm, and and I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I, I am it. not mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. I I support it. Mm-hmm. I support it because there are people way more intelligent and 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 loving and and involved in the school systems and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just see it's a whole lot of resources mm-hmm. and and very few you know flowers growing out that those that cement man. And so, but all that being said, it's we got to do it. We can't just throw our children away. And so I just want you to address that from a school board perspective. What are y'all doing? Because as, in, you know, as citizens, we're like, man, our schools are blue. Yeah, that's real, brother. Um, I will say that a lot of the, the issue, let me start off with this. Sure. The issue, and I, I really like, I hope people hear this and lean in, get get real close. The issue is not the kids. No, it's their mamas. <clears throat> <laughs> Somebody resuscitate my brother over here, man. Shock him. Look. The, the kids are not the problem. No, they're not. Kids, as long as life exists, kids are going to be kids. Right. You know, kids are going to get badass kids like you would. That's right. That's right. Kids gonna get. They're going to get in trouble. Mm. They're going to be disobedient. The little boys gonna be mannish. Little girls going to be fast. All that stuff that we was hearing. Mm. Like so, you know. Let's stop blaming the kids. You're right. The parents. You know. There's an ecosystem around them. Kids and people are like computers. Whatever you input. Will come out. That's what's going to come out. It's not doing anything that you haven't pressed the button. If that's, it's possessed. Because that, anything, the computer. That's a really good analogy, though. That's right. It's like, if you you type in a certain set of characters, 
you're going to get a certain outcome. That's period. right. And if it freeze and sometimes, you know, how it's a little delay and you keep pressing it. When it when it when it undoes it, all of that comes back out. And <laughs> right. it's like it's jumbled up now yeah. because and so the kids aren't the problem. Um, I will say with the school system, let me start also by saying I have confidence that this board, by the time our four years are up, that we will have set Birmingham City Schools on a foundation, on a trajectory to accomplish what it needs to do. There are a lot of good things happening right now. That's a hell of a statement. I believe that. I believe in the collective. So, you know, and it's government. So government is, you know, the ugly part about government. It's, it's the ugly and it's the, the good and the bad. It's, mm-hmm. There's checks and balances in government. There's nine on the board. <clears throat> so you have to, you know, you have to count yourself to five, you know, to get anything mm-hmm. passed. That's that's Senate, Congress. State, Montgomery, all the way to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. It's always a counting game. Anybody in politics will tell you that. You know, how many votes does it... That's why every day, I mean, every every election cycle, they put the numbers up. That's right. How many, you know, we got this many in the House, you know, what's the blue and the red? So I have confidence because they we have people on our board who have no other objective other than change the trajectory of the lives of our students, period. That is our number one goal, you know, and so I believe in that. You know, I will say that the school system, and I told a teacher this who's in another district who asked me about the same question recently, and I will say, if you get a student who is three grade levels behind, you're not, chances are you're probably not going to get them, you know, you you might be able to get them to, to, to grade level. But if you are starting five and six grade levels behind, it's going to take you a, a long time or a couple of years to get them back up to speed. Mm-hmm. The school systems across this country are um, – politics have ruined education. Education should have never should never have been political. Man, I heard they taking books off the shelves and stuff all because of politics. It's crazy, brother. Like, and so, you know, what the problem is having enough good people in place who really have the number one objective, which is, you know, and, and let me be honest, like, it's hard. I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, you know, sometimes you have to make a decision that, you know, how is this going to play out in the community versus mm. is this what needs to be done to help our kids? Right. You know, and... You know, I mean, look, I'm just crazy enough to say, you know, we're going to do what's in the best interest of kids. You know, people, you know, I mean, it's okay if you don't like what I do right now. Mm-hmm. One of my models, I haven't said this yet, but one of my life models, I'm going to get a t-shirt, is that, you know, I live by history will speak well of me. You know? Mm. I like that. The here and now, you might be like, man, what, what was he thinking? Well, like, history will speak well of me. Yeah. You know, because if you're going to make this, like, the adults who don't have a voice are the kids. We are the voice for the kids. So adults are going to be upset when you start making changes and things change. But if we're really going to impact our kids, there we cannot continue to do the same thing and expect a different outcome. And so there are things in place right now. Things are moving. Um, but I will say decisions that are made 
today will be actually, I think the it says it takes about seven years actually for uh, when you're dealing with education for something to be implemented to actually see if it's successful. Seven years. Seven wow. years. is That's the nat- national um, average. Right. And so you ha- if you don't have a vision of history speaking well of me, what will my legacy? Because right now you can't go and just, you can't wipe, wave a magic wand and wipe things clean and make it perfect, you know. But um, I would say that, you know, to the community, you know, have faith and reach out to us. You know, I love talking to my constituents. I love going to our town halls that, um, you know, shout out to Councilor Tate. She has town halls. And I love going to talk about our schools. You know, there are some good things happening in the schools, but it's still not enough. So I, I respect what you say, you know, not like, brother, it's not enough. But, you know, we, we're building pathways, whether it be through um, career uh, career tech, you know, um, you know, there's we're helping to give ki- children, stu- uh, scholars and students skills because mm-hmm. because everybody's not going to. Right. College. Right. We, we, we need to invest more in that. We're investing in it now. You know, we we're investing in first class pre-K, you know, so. You know, we get kids at an early age, so when they get to to the school age level, that they're not just now coming out of Big Mama's house. You know, um, you know, you know, watching you know days of our lives. Yeah. But if you know, pre K has shown that if you get a student early enough, that you change the trajectory of their educational process. You know, so we're investing in first class pre K. We're investing in career tech. You know, um, you know, we're invest investing in even our athletic programs. You know, building a stadium over at Woodlawn High School. You know, some people are like what What does that mean? Well, you know that that athletics does give a pathway to being successful. That's right. In the black community, even not sometimes it's not on the field, but the jobs behind the scenes. Trainers, yeah. like we said earlier. You yeah. know, coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, band directors. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there's a lot of things, and so. You know, building those like in in our community, education is about economics. You know, it's a, ed, education is an economic equalizer, and so we're investing in those things um, and getting the right people in place. You know, the last thing I'll say about it is again, you know, any government system. I'm sure that you know. I'm sure our mayor would tell you. I'm sure that the governor, the president, would tell you that there are people in place that. You know, you need better people throughout rank and file. Right. And you can't, he, the mayor can't, the superintendent can't, the board can't, the city council can't. You can't wipe the slate clean. You know, I mean, even just going into the, all the things that we've dealt with police, you know, you just can't get, you can't wave a magic wand and get rid of the bad ones. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just being honest. And mm-hmm. the reality of it is that, you know, you need high, high capacity high-integrity people in every seat. That's where you really see transformative impact. You know, that's why Nick Saban's staff is always being poached. Why? Because in every seat, he wants to have people that are high-capacity, high-integrity. Who am I sending into these homes to recruit these recruit these kids? Who moms and dads have to believe in that if I send my kid off to, with this guy, he's going to invest into my child things that I want to be invested. High integrity, yeah. high capacity, knows their X's and O's. If you go to the Googles, if you go to Amazon, if you go to Apple, 
and you go throughout the rank and file of that organization, I guarantee you everybody at Apple in the seat in that building, you can spin their chair around and ask them what they do and they can spit it out to you like the Bible because that organ, because there's no room for, um, for substandard work at Apple. Right. Because the demand, the, the, the stock, you know, like they, 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 I know people who work for Apple. I know people who work for Google. Like that environment is very relaxed. People come in here dressed, but there it's also competitive. Like yeah. you, you have to grind, and you know you hold each other accountable. Because I was on one of my when I one of my clients when I was at Mercedes, his son was at Google, and he said, you know, if you don't pull your weight, your colleagues are the ones who call you out. And so high capacity, high integrity people, and um, you know, which we're going to get there. I have full faith. In that, and at the end of the day, it's going to be a blessing to our kids. All right, say that again. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot. Wow, bro. <laughs> so earlier, I thought it was Jigga or Nas with the with the aforementioned line. You a hot sixteen. I'm a very great song. It was fucking Mason. Mason Betha <laughs> in the lead back remix. <laughs> Mace, shout out to Pastor Mace. <laughs> Man, I want to thank you for coming and and spending some time with me. And uh, I just want you to know it has been a blessing getting to know you. And um, I just, I wish God's richest blessings over your life. And if I can do anything for you ever. Yes, sir, brother. Just call. I appreciate that, man. Humbling to hear that, you know. Love you. I love you too. Yes, sir. I want to thank you all for listening. And as, and as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, Danielle Hines, our 360 News, yours truly, and Urbanham.com, Mr. Russell McClinton. God bless. Hey, this is Dr. Creed. I am a board certified family medicine physician, and I'm the owner of Brownstone Healthcare where our mission is to take care of the everyday person who's overwhelmed and overworked and looking to live a healthy, happy, and whole life. We have a direct primary care service where you can pay $70 a month to have all access to meet your physician, have discounted labs, and imaging if needed. So you'd pay the $70 a month no matter if you're insured, underinsured, or have no insurance at all. Call us at 205-202-5650 or go ahead on the roll today at www.brownstonehealthcare.com.